you shallow, judgmental, superficial wretch. Too much. <laughs> Wikipedia used to say that I was 5'7". It's not true, is it, Jameson? I'm a healthy 5'11". But that's not the point. Indeed. And that shouldn't matter anyway. But it does. It does. A significant number of you out there. And I, this is... Yeah, to 95% of women aged 18 to 23. This isn't just a video aimed at women. The kind of people that say, I wouldn't even entertain someone on Hinge if they were under six foot. So yeah, that's... Um, what's it called? The, the joke goes, what do you call a guy who's under six feet? A friend. And everybody goes, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure the stats go 15% of men are six foot or taller in the United States. Think about that. It's also aimed at you men and all of the ways that you're superficial about those things. Most people at some point in their life have complained about how shallow the other sex is. Most people have been incredibly shallow yeah um here's what i want to say the things that men are quote-unquote shallow about can be changed such as height uh sorry <laughs> such as height that's funny such as weight i mean the things that women are shallow about uh yeah you can't you, you can't change that height about who it is they're choosing there is a wonderful hypocrisy about so many of us out there dating. I always thought it's funny the idea of two people going on a date and one of them is just complaining like, he, he said he was six foot, he is not six foot. But he's then saying, you said that was your face. And that's not your face. There's a filter on your face that made you look like a completely different person. There's this feeling of everyone's catfishing everyone. Yeah, um, and there's more. Uh, these girls, they use their Instagram angles. You know what I'm saying? Where uh, she, she, um, you can only see her face, right? So it means that she's overweight and so on. And these girls come on a date and they're like, you know, um, let's say a little bit heavier than they look in the picture. Or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, with the filter and all that, and with a ton of makeup, she doesn't look like how she looks, so there you go. But if you think about it, why is it we catfish each other in subtle ways? Because not so subtle. we know that people are superficial, and that if we say that thing, it might actually get our foot in the door True. in a way that we wouldn't if we were just exactly who we were and how we look. This is sad because True. it's actually not how people tend to fall in love. There is a massive difference between who we fall in love with on paper, in photographs, when we're describing what we want, and who we fall for in reality. Yeah, uh, Tinder has made that pictures and online thing and reality one and the same. Uh, hello and welcome to Helios Blog. My name is Helios, here for another reaction video. Liking the content, enjoying this, hit the sub, hit all the notifications. If you'd like to support me, you can go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash Blog. 
Uh, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, Tom M. Shout out to them. Link is in the description. Again, it's patreon.com slash the headiest blog. Uh, okay, let's let's continue here. Um, so what I wanted to say is uh, related to this. One sec. Given the chance, given enough time and investment. Oh, right. So um, uh, I, I wanted to mention this about what Matthew was saying. So when he said, it's not how people fall in love. Well, here's the thing. Uh, how people fall in love largely depends, like, especially if... Um, so, first of all, talking about love main, means we're in a feminine frame already. Um, it's not really about love. Uh, for women, it's about love. For men, it's about bedroom fun, right? So, at least at the beginning. So, to say it, it's not how people fall in love kind of avoids or, or purposely um, dodges what men are actually interested in, what, what men are actually looking for. Um, which is bedroom fun at the beginning. Women are looking for love if they're, you know, uh, past 35, past a post-war. If they're 18 to 23, they're not looking for love either. They're looking for Chad. So, and uh, Tinder is a great way to get Chad. So why do women catfish? Well, they want to get Chad. And uh, Chad has a lot of options. So they want to make themselves as attractive as possible so that Chad will choose them. And shared moments. I believe that our standards are far too high True. about the things that don't ultimately matter, and they're far too low about the things that do. Someone who's kind, consistent, reliable, an amazing teammate, someone who listens to you. Now, a lot of the time... What Matthew is describing is a beta male. These are not the kind of men that women are attracted to. But Matthew is saying that women should be attracted to these men. He's trying to convince women logically to be attracted to these men. So this kind of thing that Matthew's talking about, it does work. It works on women that are 35 and older, right? Women that have gone, that are past the rock star phase, well past the rock star phase and into the wall. These are the, like, some of them legitimately have no idea the kind of men they're supposed to be pursuing, right? And they've wasted all their time with Chad. Now, truth be told, women that are 18 years old should hear this and listen to this and follow this as opposed to, you know, when they're 35 plus. But I digress. Because we find the things that we think we want, the things we have high standards about, charisma, looks, height, age, clothes, or the style that someone has. Because we find these things, we then overlook the fact that this person doesn't have the things that really matter. And we it doesn't matter because the things that really matter, quote unquote, don't actually matter. And that's what the RP is, right? The RP is saying that those things that you think matter, which is being consistent, being nice, listening, being a good teammate, etc., as a man, those are not what attract women. Money, status, looks, how you dress, your grooming, your height, these are the things that attract women, your money, not those other things. And that's the point. Those things are what women want from the men that already have the other things. If you don't have the other things, you're invisible. If you don't have the quote-unquote things that really matter, according to Matthew, um, you'll be vis very visible. And in fact, women will choose you. Regardless of whether you have the first things. Keep that in mind. We have very low standards there. Yeah, they're not very nice to me. Oh, they're not very consistent. Oh, I don't know where I stand with them. Oh, I don't know where it's going. Oh, yeah, they make me feel fairly unsafe. Yeah, they haven't texted me in five days. But have you seen them? 
That's how we behave in our love life. And we invest based on these things that don't matter. That's how women behave in their love life. Men get nothing. Most men. 95% of men get nothing. And then the other top 5% of men get a million options, right? It's not like, like, so Matthew's talking as though men and women are the same, right? You know, when he's saying people, like, no, it's not people that do this. It's women aged 18 to 23. Post-war women don't do this. Um, you know, women that are multi-time alpha widows or, or you know, future multi-time alpha widows do this. When we should be investing based on the things that do. Now, I made this point a couple of weeks ago and someone asked me a question that I thought was pretty interesting. It sounds, Matt, like what you're saying is I just need to go for someone who's really good to me and treats me well, but who I don't really feel any excitement for whatsoever. Oh, by the way, let's talk about the images presented of men and women here and why these are wrong. Okay. Look at the girl. The girl is working as a construction worker. Is that an accurate depictment? Uh, 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 Sorry. (laughs) Wow. Is that an accurate depiction of the average American woman? First of all, it's not because she's thin. Second of all, it's not because she's doing a masculine job. And when I say masculine, I mean truly masculine. Like she's doing a work with your hands, dirty kind of quote unquote job. Because to be fair, in 2023, many women do have a masculine job. They'll work as, you know, they'll they'll be like engineers, uh, programmers, uh, you know, they'll work in businesses, they'll be accountants and, uh, you know, stuff like that. They'll have like a upper middle class job, the, the, at least the, the strong independent quote unquote women um, making the masculine. But notice, she's not feminine at all, the girl that's being depicted here. So what Matthew is doing by this image, right, what he's, what he's doing is he's appealing to women. He's saying, I'm woke. I understand what you want to see. You see what I'm saying? She's not, you know, dressed in heels, wearing a beautiful dress with long, nice hair, with makeup, looking stunning, uh, you know, working a feminine job. Nope. She's not that. She's that. The image was chosen on purpose. Okay. And now, now for the even more problematic, now for the even worse, look at the man. This man is not an archetype of an attractive man. He's not tall. He doesn't work out. He's like pencil thin, doesn't have masculine features. This guy doesn't work out and has never worked out. This is not the sort of man that you that you should take as a representation of men. So what is also being depicted by this? Again, it's the same message. I'm woke. I understand what you women want to see. You want to see an unassuming, unthreatening, unmasculine man because this is um you know the kind of man that men should aspire to be right a, a man who's more in touch with the feminine and it's it couldn't be more wrong so both images 
are wrong here, totally wrong, and wrong on a level that that, that is very bad. Just that. Okay, let's let's continue. Can't I have it all? I no. thought, you know what? That's a perfectly phrased question because that's our fear, isn't it? That's almost there's this rebellious streak in us that says, but. I want someone hot. I want someone who turns me on. I want someone I have chemistry with. I don't want to settle for someone who's nice and boring. Man, don't say that. The man in this picture here, in this video here, the archetype of men, would never talk like this. Because 95% of men, including men that look like him, like men, this guy included, in the video, get nothing. Or they've been with one girl their entire adult life. They would never say that. Unless it's, you know, sour grapes. Women would say that in 2023. Not men. Not most men. Now, a Chad, a top 5% man, what he would say is, he wouldn't even say this. He wouldn't even talk about having it all because he already has it. In three or four different girls at the same time. Okay, anyway, speaking of, let's read this chapter by Rolo Tomasi from The Rational Mail. It's called The Honor System. The concept of honor that men began has been made to serve a feminine purpose. I've no doubt that the principle of honor dates back from as long ago as we can track human civilization. But like so many other social foundations that men have instituted, the feminine will covertly position them to its own purpose. In the introduction to The Art of Seduction, author Robert Greene explains why there was an original need for seduction to be developed into an art. For this we can look back to ancient civilizations where women were essentially a commodity. They had no overt external power to control their fates, but they excelled at covert psychological internal power. And this, of course, finds a parallel in men and women's preferred communication methods. The feminine's primary agency has always been bedroom fun and manipulating influence by its means. Much in the same way that each gender communicates, so too is their gender of interacting, so too is their method of interacting within their own gender. As men, we're respected when we keep our word, sacrifice ourselves for worthy cause, solve problems rationally, our word is our bond, and a whole host of other qualifiers that make us respectable and worthy of integrity. We must be overt and above board, and when we encounter a man who is covert in his dealings, we call him shifty and find him untrustworthy. Even for the most noble of purposes, practicing the art of misdirection is not something men are respected for, at least not publicly. It's just this overt masculine interactive nature that women are only too ready to exploit. In combination with their bedroom fun agency and influence, they use this overt male social interactive dynamic to position themselves in places where they can use indirect power. Cleopatra was an excellent example of this, sending armies to war by appealing to powerful men's pride and honor, while reserving her bedroom fun as a reward. Virtually every feminine social convention is rooted in appealing to or attacking male social institutions, a dedication to an idealistic sense of honor being chief among them. The obvious example is, of course, shaming and do the right thing. In fact, to be a man has become synonymous with the living up to a feminine imperative that's cleverly described as masculine honor. It's not that women created honor, but rather they've recreated it to serve their purpose. <coughs> Pardon me. In the biblical Ten Commandments, we're told not to commit adultery. Don't sleep with another man's wife. Sorry, guys, let me reset the, the model here. I turned my head to the side, and all of a sudden, the model just, you know, flies off the handle. 
Okay, which probably wasn't too hard to abide by when polygamy was the norm. In fact, multiple wives was a sign of affluence. It used to be the conspicuous consumption of the epoch. Why then is polygamy a social perversion now? What changes occurred that made polygamy honorable, even enviable, into a very evil taboo? Along with language and culture, social conditions evolve. What we think of as honorable today are the result of centuries of molding. It's very easy to romanticize about times when honor among men reigns supreme and then lament the sad state of society during comparison. But doing so is a fool's errand. Honor in and of itself is and should be a foundation for men. But it's only useful when you understand it and the perspective of how it can be used against us. Man up or shut up, the catch-22. Uh, one of the primary ways honor is used against men is in the feminine perpetuation of traditionally masculine expectations when it's convenient, while simultaneously expecting egalitarian gender parity when it's convenient. For the past 60 years, feminization has built in the perfect catch-22 social convention for anything masculine. The expectation is to assume the responsibilities of being a man, which is man up, while at the same time denigrating asserting masculinity as a positive, which is shut up. Whatever aspect of maleness that serves the feminine purpose is a man's masculine responsibility. Yet any aspect that disagrees with the feminine primacy is labeled the P word, male privilege, or the M word. Essentially, this convention keeps beta males in a perpetual state of chasing their own tails. Over the course of a lifetime, they're conditioned to believe that they're cursed with masculinity, yet are still responsible to man up when it suits the feminine imperative. So it's therefore unsurprising to see that half the men in Western society believe women dominate the world, which is male powerlessness, while at the same time women complain of a lingering P-word, or at least sentiments of it. This is a catch-22 writ large. The guy who does in fact man up is a chauvinist, M-word, patriarch, but he still needs to man up when it's convenient to meet the needs of the feminine imperative. In contemporary society, we have a very different understanding of what honor was or was intended to be initially. One of the psychological undercurrents I see in most AFCs is a strong, self-righteous dedication to a very distorted conviction of honor. A main tenet being an unearned default respect for women. Essentially an unearned honor placed on a woman for no other reason than she's female. We learned this from the time we're children. Never hit a girl. Naturally, this has only been ferociously encouraged by the feminine since Victorian times because it served a latent purpose right up until demand uh, until on-demand birth control was offered, and then the bedroom fund revolution started. Today, we still have women using the anachronism that is male honor in a manner that serves their interest, but it's contrasted with the bedroom fund emphasized opportunism. A man's responsibility should be honoring her as the fairer gender while recognizing her independence. The AFC gobbles this stuff up in an effort to better identify himself with her ideals as he begins to convince himself that he's unique and that he better exemplifies this false virtue, this feminine-defined sense of honor, more than other guys. Okay, and back to the video. So I thought, let's make a video about this because I have five things that I want to communicate to you in this area that are not fundamentally going to change everything that you're attracted to because I don't have that kind of power. <laughs> but what they are going to do is shift you by perhaps 10%. And that 10% massively increases the pool of people that could make you insanely happy. Number one, go into a date with a generous lens. Try to go into a date with the mission of figuring out What's great about this person? A writer that I know, Kevin. By the way, guys, this is actually 
um, a male concept. Men, when they go into a date, they tend to find things that they like about the girl they're with. They're looking to qualify her. Why do I like her? Why can I like her? Women go into dates to disqualify. What do I dislike about him? What is he doing wrong? How can I do better? And the reason is because men in general, of course in 2023, 5% of men aren't this, but 95% of men are chasing. And and, and uh, because most men are chasing, most men are looking to qualify. Because most women are not chasing, most men are, uh, most women are being pursued, women are the choosier gender and women go into a disqualifying frame. Um, yeah, and most, you will almost never see a woman with a qualifying frame. What do I like about this guy? What do I want to like? How can I justify being with this person? It's incredibly rare. In fact, I would say that this is a unicorn trait and that Matthew is recommending it is kind of a joke. It, that this will not happen. Women are the choosy gender and they have been since the beginning. They're not going to suddenly look why they should qualify the guy. That doesn't make them choosy. That makes them the opposite. It's going against their own nature to tell them to do this. They won't. Conley, who interviewed people for a magazine, and he had to write these columns, these profiles on these people. He said, I found that if I searched for a moment where I could feel gratitude for the person in front of me, I could get myself to really care. And then I would go away and I would write a great profile on this person. But if I couldn't get to a place of feeling grateful for this person's presence, for what they were teaching me or the way that they were wonderful or just something about them that I felt lucky to be in the presence of, then I wouldn't be able to write a good column. You can apply this to a date. Imagine that when you go on a date, you're trying to get to the point of being grateful that you are with this person, that you're... Yeah. In 2023, this is a fool's errand. Most women will not ever feel grateful. They don't show that. Like, these girls, they go out there and they show disdain. Oh, you're not six feet? Oh, you don't make six figures? Oh, you don't have six-pack abs? Oh, you're not... Uh, alpha male archetype ABC, I'm done. I'm not interested. There's no chemistry, quote unquote. And then they walk away. To tell women this is a fool's errand. They will not listen. Guarantee you they won't listen to this. All right. Uh, Let's read this uh, Reddit post posted 15 hours ago on relationship advice. My boyfriend, so she's 26 and he's 25, already a red flag, went through my phone. Hey all, I stayed at my boyfriend's house for the week. When the weekend came, I slept a lot and we were both up uh, and everything felt uncomfortable. His attitude and demeanor uh, towards me this past weekend was very dismissive. Despite me asking and checking in, he'd say nothing was wrong. When the weekend came to an end, he gave me a goodbye kiss and dropped me off at home. Then no calls or texts, he wouldn't answer my calls. He finally said, I saw things on your phone that broke my boundaries and that shows how much respect you really have for me. I'm not sure what he thinks, uh, what he saw or thinks he saw. He never said specifically or had a conversation with me. He apparently went through my phone while I was sleeping. I like to say I'm not or was not cheating on him and had already blocked all the men I was previously in contact with prior to us dating. He told me that I could come get the rest of my stuff. 
He lives a city over and I don't drive, yet he drives to my city every day and could easily drop off my few belongings. He refuses to call me back, but hasn't blocked my number or social media. I'm at a total loss. How do I get my belongings if he doesn't answer? Is there any point in trying to talk about what he interpreted or saw? Do his behaviors appear as red flags? At this point, I'm not thinking the relationship will be salvaged, but I'm very unsure of how to move forward. Last thing, we work at the same job site. How do I approach returning to work? So here's the thing. Uh, if she's talking to other guys, there are no such thing as things as male friends. So the guy clearly had some boundaries that were broken, and that's it. I mean, shout outs to the guy for walking away. Now, now let's watch the comments support the girl in all ways. Let's see. Top comment, 470 upwards. Ask him to bring your stuff to work and just keep away from him. Otherwise, if you need to interact with him, keep it professional like your strangers. Either you found something you've forgotten about or he's a weirdo that gets upset over the slightest comment. Either way, the relationship is over. You see, look at this. He's a weirdo that gets upset over the slightest comment. This is called a straw man. That's not what he did. He didn't get upset at the slightest comment. He got upset at things that broke his boundaries. That's different. Okay, um... Uh, 183 upvotes. I agree. The red flag for me is him asking you to block all your male friends. He's controlling and it seems he's done you a big favor. Right, because if men want you to not entertain other male options, they're controlling. They're the bad guy. No. You as a woman are not to entertain male options while in a relationship. That means no male friends, no social media, no dating apps, no Instagram, etc. You're, you're not out here wearing a for sale sign on your neck while being in a relationship. It's ridiculous. Okay, uh, 86 upvotes. Did he really go through your phone or did, he, or did he say he did attempting to get you to admit to something he only imagined you were doing? If he refuses to tell you exactly what he thinks he saw, I'd be inclined to think that he may have been thinking about breaking things off and was attempting to use this scenario to make it look like it was your fault. Actually, this is what women tend to do and not men. Men are more direct than this. They tend to be anyway. Okay, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. Support me um, on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash the blog. Again, it's patreon.com slash the blog. Go there and subscribe. Drop me a donation, like Hunter M, Adrian R, Tom M here. Shout out to them. Link is in the description. Take care of yourselves, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to the end, and I'll see you next time.